We meet today in Psalm chapter 73 to 75. As I said in the beginning, we are dividing the book of the Psalms according to the Pentateuch. The first 41 Psalms we call the Genesis section of the Psalm. Psalm 42 to Psalm 72 are known as the Exodus section. Now we come to Psalm 73, which brings us to the beginning of the Leviticus section. It corresponds to the book of Leviticus, because in this section, even in Psalm 73, the sanctuary or the temple is prominent. You see, the book of Leviticus is the book of worship for the tabernacle and then later for the temple. It is one of the greatest books in the Bible. Now, as we come to this Leviticus section of the books of Psalms, we find the emphasis upon the sanctuary and in particular on two aspects of the house of God. The book of Leviticus emphasizes two things, that God is holy and that without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins. The key words are holiness and sacrifice. These two words will also figure largely in the Leviticus section of the book of Psalms, which is Psalm 73 to Psalm 89. Psalm 73 is perplexity about prosperity, especially of the wicked. But Psalm 73 to Psalm 83, along with Psalm 50, are ascribed to Asaph, one of David's three chief musicians, the sons of Asaph, were active as Levitical singers, at least as late as the time of Josiah, which is Second Chronicles chapter 35, verse 15. That accounts for the fact that some of the Psalms in this section are later than the time of David. The theme of Psalm 73 is actually the frustration of the righteous in the light of the seeming prosperity of the wicked. This is very evident in Psalm 37 and to a lesser degree in Psalm 49. It was only through the personal struggle of his own soul that Asaph learned the importance of viewing life from God's eternal perspective. Let's come to the Psalm. Truly, God is good to Israel to such as are pure in heart. Psalm 73 verse 1. You see, immediately our attention is drawn to the fact that God is good to Israel. Does that mean that he is good to every Israelite? No, 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 no. His goodness is limited to those who are of a clean heart, as the word has said. Who would they be? Those who have come with their sacrifices, those who have a desire to serve God and walk with him. My friend, if you are saved and if you want to walk with God and fellowship with him, that is wonderful news. You want to have a clean heart. You see, that follows just as day follows night. You cannot come to Christ and accept him as your savior and then continue to live as you did before. If you do, I cannot believe that you were saved in the very first place. You have a desire, then have a clean heart. You have a desire to follow God, then have a clean heart. Now this man Asaph, who came into God's presence and could say, God is good to Israel, 
he had a problem. I think his problem may be your problem also. It certainly has been my own problem. The problem is this. Why does God permit the prosperity of the wicked people? Why is it that God's people seem to suffer more? And many times as a pastor, I found myself puzzled. I see God's people tried. I see God's people suffer. I see the prosperity of the wicked. And it is hard for me to understand at times. Asaph has already said that God is good to Israel, that believing remnant of which he was a part. But this question really bothered him. While God is good, but why is it that the unrighteous seem to prosper? Let's hear him again. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Psalm 73 verse 2 to verse 3. Asaph said, I looked around me and my nation, and I noticed that the wicked among my people were the ones prospering and the godly were not. Someone might be saying, that's true. I am seeing that in my own life. But wait, listen to this. For there are no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. Well, this psalmist continues to talk about it. There are no pangs in their death. That means there are no pains in their death. Psalm 73 verse 5 and 6 says, They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride Saves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Well, usually people with great wealth tend to be very arrogant and full of pride. And this is exactly what we see the psalmist describing. All this description is true. But is that the whole truth to what is happening? He goes on to say, Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than heart could wish. Well, when people have everything, they stop having fun as I do when I get something or other. It sure gives me joy to receive something. Well, it will not be a joy to those people. Why? Because they have all that they need. They have had those things. So when they come to them, nothing new. And so they are so proud. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than heart could wish. You see, they have pups under their eyes. They drink too much and have too much night life. So they wake up even their eyes are swollen. Why? They no longer have anything that the heart can wish for. That's what the wicked do. They seem to prosper. They seem to have it all well. Are you discouraged, my friend? Well, wait a minute. This is, again, the psalmist goes on to talk about what they do. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. Psalm 73, verse 8. You see, they don't mind walking on the poor. They insist that our children have to go to integrated schools, but their children should not. Everyone else must obey the law, but somehow they want themselves to be exempted. As you look around, 
This is something that can make you even better. They require everyone else to go through strict things, but not them. Why? Because they have wealth. They would rather not develop anything that meets the needs of the ordinary people while their children have everything and even throwing away. It makes you bitter. And the psalmist is bitter. Their teeth, they set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walks through the earth. Psalm 73 verse 9. My, listen to these rich people, especially when they speak on the television. They are the ones who make the news. Their tongue walks through the earth. And I know of nothing that enables it to walk better than the television. They speak as if they will not die. They speak as if everything else depends on them. Therefore, his people return here. And waters of a full cup are drained by them. Psalm 73 verse 10. You see, God's people are taxed even to death, yet some rich people pay no taxes at all. My, they have really made it. But when you think about it, the poor are getting poorer, the richer are getting richer. That makes one bitter. And they say, how does God know? And there is no knowledge in the Most High. Psalm 73, verse 11. All this is a description of their attitude and even their talk. They are even not interested in God. They don't think that he knows anything about them. The psalmist goes on to say, Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at easy. They increase in riches. Psalm 73, verse 12. Does that ever bother you? My friend, I can tell you honestly, it bothers me too. I get bothered by it. Why is it that they are prospering? They increase in riches. They are at easy. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. Psalm 73 verse 13. Now here, the psalmist says, I have attempted to live for God, and yet it looks like it doesn't pay. He is discouraged. Have you ever been led to such a point when you are praying, when you are wanting to hold on to righteousness, to integrity, and you seem to see all your friends and all those around you are making it through cheating, are making it through bribery, are making it through all sorts of vices that cut against the law. And you say, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. But is that the whole truth? The psalmist was bothered by this. He said, for all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this? It was too painful for me. Psalm 73, verse 14 to verse 16. And indeed, it was too painful for him to think about this. So this problem worried Asaph. It gave him sleepless nights. Why do the wicked prosper? Now we come to the answer. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood 
their end. You see, when Asaph went into the temple of God, he understood the end of the wicked. He gained insight into the end reserved for the wicked. This is the reason the Lord Jesus Christ gave a parable about a rich man and a poor man to illustrate after life. That story is recorded in Luke chapter 16 verse 19 to verse 31. It tells us that the day is going to come when God will judge the rich. The rich fellow ended up in a place of torment even though the liberal preacher or some ill-informed theologian will push that person right into heaven at their funeral when they die. Nice things would be said about the person when they die and because they gave to charity, they will be praised for that. But his end was a place of torment. The poor man wasn't given a special uh, burial. It wasn't a decent burial. His body probably was just thrown onto a dump heap. But the poor bearers were waiting for him. They were the angels. They took him right into Abraham's bosom. You have to stay close to God today, my friend, or you will become bitter and cynical as you see the injustice that is there in the world. And the psalmist Asa found his answer in the sanctuary. I don't know the answer to your question, my friend, because I don't know the answer to my question, but I know someone who does. He didn't say he would tell me right now. He said, you trust me. I've got the answer. Someday in his presence, he is going to explain it to us. Also, I know that he is going to show me that what he did was actually best. I don't understand that either. But that is what he is going to do, my friend. But until then, listen to this. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. Psalm 73, verse 23. You see, he will take your hand. He takes mine on several occasions. And that is good news. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Psalm 73 verse 24. You see, he says, I am with you today. So no matter what happens, whether I understand it or not, I will simply trust him. The psalmist says, you will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Will you be received to glory, my friend? We move on to Psalm 74. Psalm 74 is a cry for deliverance when the temple is defiled by the enemy. In this psalm, the temple is before us again, and this time it is being defiled or profaned. This psalm is a mystical psalm, not of David, but of Asaph, who is a Levite and a musician in the temple. The psalm naturally divides into two equal parts, of 11 verses each, with verse 12 serving as the apex or focal point of the psalm. O oh God, why have you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Psalm 74 verse 1. The psalmist here asks why 
have you done this to us? Then he cries out in verse 2, Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, the tribe of your inheritance, which you have redeemed, this Mount Zion, where you have dwelled. You see, this psalmist gives us the geographic location. The psalmist obviously is talking about the land of Palestine and the nation Israel. Verse 3 of Psalm 74 says, Lift up your feet to the perpetual desolations. The enemy has damaged everything in the sanctuary. Notice that it is the sanctuary that the enemy has defiled or profaned. Your enemies roar in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their banners for signs. Psalm 74 verse 4. What has happened here? Actually, this is the prophetic, this is prophetic of that terrible invasion by the forces of Antiochus Epiphanes, who was a Syrian in the family of one of the four generals who divided up the empire of Alexander the Great after his death. In BC 175, he plundered Jerusalem. He profaned the temple by pouring the broth of a saw all over the holy vessels and placed an image of Jupiter in the holy place. This was called the abomination of desolation in Daniel chapter 8. In BC 70, the destruction of Titus, the Roman, who profaned the temple and leveled it to the ground was also a fulfillment. However, there will be further fulfillment of Asaph's prophecy after the temple is rebuilt. During the tribulation, the final abomination of desolation will be revealed, which will profane the holy place. You will notice that in spite of all of this persecution and discouragement, a godly remnant will say, For God is my king from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Psalm 74 verse 12. Now hear their prayer. Hear their prayer. It's an amazing one. Remember this, that the enemy has reproached, O Lord, and that a foolish people has blasphemed your name. 74 verse 8. In other words, Israel is saying to God, the enemy has taken us, and many of the people of our nation have been foolish. They have not turned to you, but there is a faithful remnant. Oh, do not deliver the life of your turtle dove to the wild beast. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Psalm 74 verse 19. You see, the psalmist is crying out, Oh God, save us in the midst of trouble. He looks forward to that day of God's deliverance. No matter how bad your trouble is, he will also deliver you. He has delivered his people out of much worse situations than we have been in today. And he will do even greater things for them in the future. He can also do greater things for you in whatever situation you may be. Arise, O God, plead your own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproaches you daily. Psalm 74 verse 22. You see, this is a call to God to move in victory. It is a prayer that recognizes God's ability to do it. So this psalm 
is a prayer of Asaph. It is a mystical psalm instructing you and me that we can trust God in all of our troubles. We move on to Psalm 75. Psalm 75 is a song of deliverance. It is the psalm to the chief musician said to do not destroy. A psalm of Asaph, a song. Psalm 74 was a prayer of Asaph. Psalm 75 is a song of deliverance, a song of triumph that will come. Therefore, it is a psalm of faith. It is a psalm of faith. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your wondrous works. Declare that your name is near. Psalm 75 verse 1. You see, ultimately, God is going to protect his name on earth. What a wonderful, glorious truth this is, which is put right before us in this psalm. When I choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. Psalm 75 verse 2. This means that when the Lord comes, it will be at a set time. When our Lord Jesus walked on the earth, he took the place of self-humiliation. It was as a man on earth that he said, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Matthew 24 verse 36 The Lord Jesus is coming at that appointed time. You cannot rush him. He will come at his predetermined time. No man knows the date or the hour. The important thing to note is that there is a set time when the Lord Jesus is going to return. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Psalm 75 verse 6. Now, where will help come from? Not from the east, west, or south. And I also want you to notice that no mention is made of the north. Why? Because that is the direction the enemy will come from. Only God will be able to deliver his people. So Psalm 75 is a prayer of thanksgiving to God before the event even takes place. How wonderful these psalms are. I trust that they are a blessing to your heart as you begin to realize that help, deliverance, will not come from any other direction, but it will come from the Lord. Exaltation, promotion, and deliverance comes from God. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by seven two six four one four four seven five. From within South Africa it's zero seven two six four one four four seven five. 